Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back, Sports to the Max News Talk 830 WCCO on your AM dial. Um, Hiawatha Golf Course is a kind of a sacred piece of uh, Minneapolis and beyond for a lot of different reasons if you if you look into it historically. Um, but they they now are um, the park board's talking about taking away the back nine on that in a place that uh, there have been a lot of uh, rich history of bringing golf to the city in a place where in the urban area you can you can still enjoy around. And it's not that you couldn't play nine, but uh, uh, to take nine away doesn't seem like um, you're going to grow the game or grow the opportunities. I don't know. Darwin Dean is the CEO of the Bronze, Bronze Foundation, big junior tournament there today, and he joins us now. Darwin, thank you for joining us on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hey, thank you very much for having me on board, Mike. Now, I now, really appreciate it. You, will you explain what the Bronze Foundation is? Sure. The Bronze Foundation is about saving 18 holes of golf on Hiawatha and preserving 18 holes for the community youth of today. How do we get to a point where it's in, in danger? Well... <laughs> Well, it goes back several years before today. For example, 2014, everybody knows that how wild the golf course flooded out. Yep. FEMA funding was available, but all that funding did not go back into how wild the golf course. Instead, other plans were developed, at, and those plans more specifically is the current master plan of the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board today that they will be voting on next month, the 17th. And that plan includes eliminating nine holes of golf that we're trying to preserve in an alternative six plan. Well, but so, so some of that money went to where? <laughs> or is that what you're trying to figure out still? <laughs> Well, well, no, I'm not trying to figure out. It's public record that in 2014, that FEMA funding went to other golf courses other than Hiawatha. You know, for example. Even though it was your mark for Hiawatha? Yes, sir. Okay, that's keep going. I'm sorry. No, that's okay, Mike. You know, there, there are many examples of where that funding went to. It went to, say, for example, putting a new roof on Gross. It went to part of the funding of the ski chalet over in Theodore. So, you know, the funding was distributed distributed amongst many other places other than 
how wild you know i would say less than a hundred thousand dollars of the nine hundred thousand was spent on how golf course and even today funding revenue from how golf course isn't being put back into that golf course like it should be because you can simply just go out and i'd be more than happy to walk you around something like the driving range which generates revenue you can look at the driving range and you can tell it's neglected. But you look at the neglect and you look at the revenue that that golf course generates, it's a whole different thing. It's like, where does all the revenue go to? Uh, okay. <laughs> Explain Hiawatha Golf Course and what it's meant to the city and the opportunities that it's given. Explain to people who have never played it, seen it, or understand it, uh, what does Hiawatha mean to the city? Sure. Historically... Hiawatha was the first golf course in Minnesota that freely accepted African-Americans to come in, play golf. Because, I mean, after all, in South Minneapolis, the community was, you know, the majority of African-Americans. And people like Jimmy Slimmons, Cecil Newman, they wanted people to play golf. And so that golf course people embraced, not just as a golf course, but as a park also, where people could gather, communicate, and talk about what's going on within the community. And that's how the bronze itself grew into something very large like it is today. It's a celebration of Hiawatha and the African-American community. What does Hiawatha Golf Club mean to the African-American community, to those people that have embraced it? Well, it has a history. You can look at. You can just simply just look at where that golf course grew up at. Just north of Hawatha is a large African American community that embraced that golf course. Soon as it opened, African Americans went to that park, went to that golf course, and. They enjoyed those resources, and it grew. And even today, like I said, the bronze golf tournament started in 1939, and today we're celebrating that same golf tournament. Yeah, you had the junior tournament today, right? Right, you do. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had the junior bronze today. Yeah. Saturday you got the other one, right? Sir? On Saturday you have the other bronze tournament, right? Saturday is the adult bronze tournament that has the rich history of inviting anyone all over the United States as an open golf tournament to come and display their ability on a championship golf course like Hiawatha is. So so what do they try what do they want the back nine to look like? How how do they want to reconfigure it in a parkland or what do they want it to be? <laughs> well what that looks what that looks like is a uh, well Look at hole number 13, uh-huh. the par 5, beautiful par 5. As a matter of fact, that same par 5 is the par 5 that Tiger Woods, back in 1999, did his demonstration on. Is that the one? Yeah. That that par 5 would be a dog park. Okay. And as you drive down past there, they would flood out and allow the berm in the southwestern part of the lake to flood out 
and okay. it would just be completely water. All the trees and all the vegetations would go away. And then around the corner would be supposedly a BMX bike park and then maybe a putt-putt over in the corner. However, the historical back nine would be destroyed and would never, ever be the same as it is today, which is a culturally and historically important part of the African-American history in South Minneapolis. Darwin Dean is our guest, CEO of the Bronze Foundation, as they try to fight back to the park board that uh, on, a, on a back nine. How are you coming? Have you, have you been able to count votes, or where are you at with it? <laughs> well, at this point in time, uh, as you can see with the uh, planning part of the park board, you know, we they overwhelmingly uh, voted to move their, well, I'm not in favor of their master plan. I don't really want to speak out negatively about it, but it, there are areas of it that could be improved to include 18 holes of golf that are totally being neglected. And so with that, the park board may win their vote August 17th, but we're moving to get Hiawatha on the National Registry. We filed, as a matter of fact, we have Hess Royce doing the historical research for us to assist us with trying to get Hiawatha on in the National Registry. And as it moves forward through the state, then sometime next year, we hope to see Hiawatha on the National Registry as uh, a historical land site. Can you get it done that quick before they meet? Well, we'll find out, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But you, we'll you, you, you've got a pretty good advocate, a guy by the name of Tom Lehman. He, he brings a little bit of juice to this thing, and he, and he is really uh, uh, passionate about uh, keeping that 18. Well, all I could say is I love Tom Lehman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of his biggest fans, <laughs> and one must not forget that, you know, he is from Minnesota, and at one point in time, one of the number one golfers in the world. That's right. And so I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Tom Lehman and his brother Jim and our, the people that are on a part of our commission. There's a whole group of us. I mean, that are trying to move forward with an alternative six plan that we feel that will not only purify the lake. And what I mean by that is. Um, give you an example. There was a park in Los Angeles that had an issue. Magic Johnson put funding in it to help grow that part of Los Angeles and purify the water that was coming through the lake. We can do the same thing with Iowa. We're using, as an example, Cobb Creek in Philadelphia to move forward with a similar project that we feel can include 18 holes of golf, clean up the environment, include a large area of indigenous property that, how deniable can that be? And listen to this. The park board's plan is like 45 to $63 million. Their investment in their plan cost over a million dollars just to do the development going to cost us about $300,000 to come up with an alternative six plan. And when we're finally said and done to implement that plan, we'd like to partner with the park board. 
our plan, we're saying we'll come in at somewhere like 35, 25 to 35 million, which is still far less than Park Board wants to spend on the destruction of 18 holes of golf at Hiawatha. Well, Darwin, you keep us posted on this because uh, it sounds like you've got some uh, momentum and inertia. We'll try to get the park board onto here, their side of the story. But but it uh, uh, sounds like you're fighting a pretty good, clean fight there. So keep up the good work. Thank you very much for hearing me. And I really appreciate your attention on this, Mike. I really do. Thank you very much. We invite you to come out. We invite the mayor of Minneapolis, St. Paul, even the governor. And please, you yourself, I, I'd like to see you again. I've seen you on more than one occasion and shaking your hand. But I welcome you to Hiawatha, July 30th. There's a 9 o'clock shotgun start. We welcome everybody. And at the end of the day, there will still be entertainment at Hiawatha Golf Course. As long as you don't make me play, I'll be there. Because <laughs> you wouldn't want that for your course either. Hey, thank you so much, though, Darwin. We'll talk soon. I enjoyed you. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. You bet, Darwin Dean. Uh, Hiawatha Golf Course, in the, not limbo, but talking about nine, uh, 18 to a 9. I mean, my gosh. Uh, that just doesn't. I don't understand why you'd want to do that right now. Um. I don't know. We'll look more into it. We'll get more information on it. But Darwin Dean certainly has some different thoughts on it. When we come back, I brought this up earlier. When somebody tells you you're not good enough and how did you react, I'll ask Chris Tubbs because he's got a good story to tell about that when we come back. Welcome back. Sports with Max. News Talk 830 WCCO. Twins and Padres tomorrow night right here on your home to the Minnesota Twins. It'll later start 840, uh, first pitch, 8 o'clock uh, pregame, etc. Sports with Max taking you up to it. We opened the show by asking about uh, times that maybe you were told you weren't good enough, a boss, a coach, a something, maybe a parent, maybe a brother, maybe a neighbor, but that it had a profound impact on you one way or the other. Either you quit doing what it was that you wanted to do and you went in a different direction, or you said, I will prove to that person that I'm better than what they said. Uh, either way, it's a, um, it can be a, a life-defining or at least career-defining um, uh, moment in time. And, and, and Tubbsy, you were talking about some of the things that, uh, you know, we've all got some of them in our background. When somebody says, you suck, blah, 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 blah. Or, or at least they, they, they put up a roadblock, if only temporary, for what they, they believe that you're supposed to do with your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had that as well. Yeah, I, I, I've i had it, you know, plenty of times where people are just, you know, you're just, you want to do this now, you, you probably, you know, you're not going to be good enough. And the thing is, like, what you want to do at 17 or 18 I mean, you know, Maxie, that very well might change because very you, much so. as you grow, life's an evolution and your interests change. Well, and, the other thing is, and this is so true in colleges, you go there thinking you want to major in this, but you really don't even know. What yeah, I, I, th- then, I think then you get a major and you get an internship and you go, well, this isn't what I thought it was. I don't want to do this. Yeah, And I thought I saw there were numbers a couple of years ago. Research studies said that people on average, if you go to a four year college. You change your major on average six times. Six? Yeah, because you go in and you're just taking electives and then you're, oh, you know, I, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do this. I I will tell you from a personal standpoint. Did you major in this off the top? Me? Yes. Yeah. I, I was fortunate that I always had a big mouth and I always felt like yeah. I had something to yep. say. Yep. And whether or not people wanted to hear it, I was going to force my way into it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, I mean, I, I always loved mass communication. 
and I've always wanted to be in radio and sports, and and it was just something that was always a passion of mine. I'll tell you that, uh, you know, a, a personal story that I was telling you, Maxie, that my wife, we were just having this conversation a couple of weeks ago because you know, our daughter is, I played sports, my wife played sports, we're, you know, we're into that side, but our daughter is into the theater, she's into the arts, she's into a lot of that, and I, I was too. And my wife and I both decided that no matter what we want, it doesn't matter. If our daughter, you know, she's 12, if she wants to go into this, we are going to let her cultivate her own interest, and we're going to let her become her own person. Well, my wife, when she was in high school, she had her high school counselor, you know, like, what do you want to do? And she's like, well, I really want to be a photographer. Counselor looked at her and said, no, you, you're not going to be a photographer. You should do something else. Well, she, she was blown away, and she's like, I mean, I'm 17 years old here. You wanted to know what I wanted to do, and you're telling me I shouldn't. And over the course of time, you know, she ultimately didn't do the professional photography as, you know, as a profession. But throughout all of her journeys in life, I mean, she was in the military. She was a Russian linguist. Uh, she was a journalist for the Jefferson City Tribune, which is the newspaper in Jefferson City, Missouri, the, the capital of Missouri. And she shot her own, you know, shot her own photos, you know, wrote her story, kind of did everything for the Jeff City Tribune. And we look back on it, and while she didn't do it as a, a uh, you know, an occupation independently, it was part of what she wanted to do, and, and she did do it. And right now, you know, she has a very good job. Um, uh, you know, here in the cities and it isn't involving photography, but it's just, I just kind of get taken back Maxie by some people who you're going to tell a kid at 16 or 17, no, you're not going to do it. It's like, how do you know what they're going to be in two, three, four? How do you know what they're going to be successful at? Because people change. People change, and, and, and as well, a couple of cars pointed out, you really don't know what they've got in their heart. You don't, you don't know how hard they'll work because maybe you were never a hard worker that's given the advice. You yeah, know? It, I, I know it, somebody it, exactly. that wrote a, a teacher back just recently, 30 years, probably 30 years, I don't know what, roundabout, and said, you told me I, I should not consider college. Well, not only did I get my degree, but I've made a hell of a lot more money than you have in your life, and I just want to make sure that you know that because I don't know who else you gave bad advice to, but I'm one of the people that you did. And, and you should know how dumb it was for you to say that. Yeah, and there, there, there's a certain amount of – I know that people you – know, you, you hear the, you know, the best revenge is living well, right? Yeah. But there's – come on, Maxie. I mean let's be honest. There's a certain percentage that when somebody tells you you can't do it and you do it, don't you just want to shove it in their face? You want to spike the ball in their Absolutely. face. Absolutely. I'm going to – I'm going to gloat. I'm going to throw up the deuces. I'm going to spike the ball. I don't care what the penalty is. I'm, I'm yeah, better. Throw, throw, give me a 15. I'm okay with yeah, that. I'm, I'm better than you, and I know it. Like, I, I did this in spite of you. How much do you know? Because we all, we all want to feel like we're accomplishing something. When somebody doesn't have that confidence in us, especially somebody that's supposed to be a mentor, right, somebody that we look up to, and the no, you, you can't do it. When you do it, you just you want to gloat. I think it's just human nature, even though we're not supposed to. But I mean, let's be honest. We all like to be a little spiteful. We're all spiteful in some way, I shape, know. or form. I know, I know. Yeah, I, I mean, and I, and I never know if that's if, if that's a gift, if that's the juice you need, 
or, or, or if it's a cross that you bear. It, it's a fine line, isn't it? It, it really is. I, and there is, there is a little bit of apprehension that you have to have with it. I mean, you can't be over the top and be a jerk about it. But at the same time, what's wrong with telling somebody, dude, look at what I did. You told me I couldn't do it. I did it. So what did you know? Yeah, I mean, so, so maybe you should be careful going forward with how you handle the yeah, next Yeah, yeah, ab- yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, don't yeah. – don't And pe- on the don't, other don't, side, don't, I guess yeah. what I do understand the other side is there are people that could be genuinely looking out for your best interests, saying, you know, uh, Chris, we don't think you should be an astronaut, you know? But, but at, at the same time, though, when you're a ch- – it's different to tell somebody something at 16, 17, 18 – than it is to, I mean, if you're going to tell me in my mid-40s, you know what, you shouldn't be an astronaut, I'm like, eh, you're probably right. But if you're going to tell me that at 16 or 17, I mean, what does that do for a kid's confidence? I agree, because you should play out the dream. Absolutely. If you want to do it, and this is what I tell my daughter, you want to go to Hollywood and be an actress and make a million dollars, you go for it. You you bypass everything that you that my mom that your mom and i have done but you leave us in the dust and you become so successful if that's what you want to do we're not going to tell her that and maybe you shouldn't because there is there's something there's something to just give somebody some confidence when you're young because that can catapult you even if you don't fulfill that dream that no. hey, you can if do you it. Believe absolutely. You yeah, now, and you you should not have been an astronaut because Mars is not the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, they tell me it's cold as hell. Oh, there, there's no one that. <laughs> Maxie, I'm not a rocket man. Okay, <laughs> okay. Take a break. Come back. His name is Robert Weber, and I mean to tell you, they got quite a baseball tournament going on out in Burnsville this weekend. We'll explain. When we come back. Well, there you go. Zero out at nine a.m. How did I know that? See, so if you want to be an astronaut, this is what you need to think about. These are the things you're going to have to do, Chris. It's not so simple. I'm already already motivated. uh, Bubblehead. I mean, these are some of the chronicles in this song, some of the things you need to really think about. You know what? I'm going to put in my resignation, moving back to Houston. I'm going to go to NASA. Yeah, you've been down there. You know a little bit about this, but Elton does a good job of spelling it out for you. I'm just saying at least reconsider. Okay. <laughs> okay. Welcome back. Sports to the Max. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Robert Weber of Stuart and Jeffers fame and beyond. Uh, the State Legion Baseball Tournament is on, and that is a time-honored tradition, the 97th version of the State Legion Baseball Tournament in, uh, in Burnsville, Shakopee and beyond. And uh, uh, it kicked off today, and it is uh, something we should celebrate more here in the state of Minnesota. But, Robert, you were in the middle of it. What do we got going today? There are 16 teams, and this is a, a different format because you go pool play right into a, a single limb. Uh, but, but the beautiful part about this is when you see the, the Legion, the, the military, the veterans, uh, come together and remind us what they did for us so that we could play baseball. And I, I, I sometimes it's lost when we say Legion baseball because we just think about baseball. But, boy, that is a big piece of it, isn't it? It is, Maxie, and thanks for having me on tonight. And uh, thanks for being at our banquet last night. Uh, that was awesome. And I think our guest speaker, John Creasel. Yeah, he was uh, great. Home run for us, yes, and brought the message home that, it is about honoring our vets. It's about honoring the great game of baseball. And uh, sportsmanship is at the top of the priority list. And we had a great day here at Burnsville. And I know they did at Shakopee and Prior Lake as well. You're a product of Legion Baseball. Who did you play Legion Baseball for? 
Well, you mentioned it, the mighty Storden Jeffers Legion program. Yep, yeah, because the high school just Minnesota. converted into a Legion team in the summer, right? Correct. Yeah, and my uh, buddy Jim Meyer told us that we consolidated with about four other communities to put together about 12 players. Is that right? So, but you yeah, got her done. And we had a great time. Uh, we played, our rivals would be Wyndham and Springfield and Sleepy Eye and New Alm when it came to tournament time. And, of course, your home, home stomping grounds, Gaylord. Did you, did you ever pitch against Paul Burkhart? Many times. Did you? Yeah. Lefty against lefty? Yeah, yeah many times. Uh, my good buddy, Bill Nelson, always claims, I, he, I think he tells me I was about the third or fourth best left-hander in, in that little area. So he <laughs> yeah, Bill would say that, yes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and Paul Burghardt, him and I uh, battled against each other uh, for all of our years. I'm sure we're the same age group. Yeah, I, I faced him many times over the years. And I'll tell you the yeah. other one, the other left-hander in that same part of the neck of the woods that uh, most guys of my era will say was one of the toughest ones they ever faced was Dave Reinhardt's out of New Alm Cathedral and oh, New, New Alm Legion. Yeah, Cathedral. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's a year yeah. older than us, but my gosh, you, you couldn't explain why you couldn't hit him. You just couldn't hit him, you know? <laughs> yeah, very good, yep. And that team was, was very talented. So we had a great time. Yeah. And you kind of hit it on the head. We played on a uh, dirt infield, and um, we had a picket fence in the outfield, yep. and, and uh, Meyer was telling me how he took his uh, uh, silo, the wire from his silo, and him and his dad came up and, and made that into our backstop. <laughs> but it was great baseball. It was good memories. Good so memories. Boys are much luckier today playing on these beautiful fields, the two at Burnsville. Um, Joe Schlepper Stadium and Shakopee yep. is incredible, and Veterans Memorial at Prior Lake is, is also awesome. So we had everybody spread out. Uh, today and uh, the tournament moved to Burnsville, Alley Magnet Park. Uh, tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. Yeah, Dwayne Slaughter does a great job on that uh, on that ballpark and in Jacopy and, and beyond. Uh, uh, those are yeah, those are just some gems. Uh, explain how big is Legion baseball right now? Well, uh, you know, there's the club uh, effect that mm-hmm. I would say 10 years ago, every single high school player in the state if they wanted to play baseball, they were playing Legion baseball. Yep. So there are different options that are out there, but it's, it's still very strong. Uh, some of the Minnesota Legion guys said our state has the most teams of any state in the country. Really? In playing Legion ball. I thought they said about 385 communities in our state are playing Legion baseball. Whoa. So it's very strong. Is the talent as deep as it was when we were playing 25 years ago, when kids were playing 10 years ago? They have some other options. But uh, what we saw today was um, great energy, uh, very talented kids. Mankato, I think 2-0. and I believe St. Michael's is 2-0. and Hopkins, I believe, what kind of came in as the number one rated team. They won their first game and uh, Rochester just took it to him today in the second game, nine to two. Is Mankato one? Is Mankato one team in Legion? Do they do they get both high schools, or do they have two teams? What do they do? I think that they have two teams, but I am not one hundred percent certain. And I was just checking with the Rochester A's that knocked off Hopkins today, who everybody thought was the number one seed. Uh, they were coming from Century, so Rochester for sure has four teams. Yeah. And the A's, Century High School, is a team that's representing them in the state tournament. 
Yeah, I guess a little confusing. Mankato West had a great team this spring, so I assume that could be the you know, predominantly. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain they have teams. I'll have to try to figure that out tomorrow as they keep going deeper into the tournament. Now, you have pool play, and then it goes single elimination over the weekend, so you have to have a lot of pitching, don't you? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. For for certain, or a lot of hitting, or hopefully yeah. a combination of the two. Yeah, but you so, better have five or six guys that can throw strikes. Absolutely. Uh, their depth will be tested, and I think that usually, um, you know, is, is a great way of determining the winner. And whoever does advance from here, I believe it's the top teams that advance to the regional, and I think this year it's in Rapid City. And then the winner of that will advance to the World Series in North Carolina. So the Legion does an incredible job of organizing and putting together a first-class tournament, uh, state tournament for the kids. They do, and they've done it for years. But what's it been like for you guys as a community to host? Say 2020, it got bounced because of COVID. What's it like to be involved in a project this big? Uh, It's a lot of work. And yeah. it's, it's a lot of reward, and it's nice to see the efforts of our board. And, you know, we probably have 50 to 100 volunteers, not just Burnsville. We have some people that are loyal Legion people, and they're calling up, and they say they want to volunteer because they do this um, every year, wherever the tournament is. So it's kind of an army of people, and it happens fast. And we only get to host it the last time we did it was 2008. And our people that are running the tournament were not involved with it then. So we're learning a lot and uh, trying to put forth as good of an experience as we can. What's the and key, I think what's today key was to successful. that, do you think? I would say a lot of committed volunteers, you know, to make a, a great event. At least every effort to make it a great event for the kids. You know, love of baseball. The, the Legionnaire people that are doing it. They're all volunteers. The the people that are helping us that are on our board, volunteers. But I think they had uh, great baseball memories, great experiences from playing Legion ball, and just want to want to continue to give it back. And specifically us in Burnsville, our numbers have declined over the years for various reasons. One of them is club, and we want to have a great program that our kids recognize is affordable. It's fun and gives them an opportunity to compete at a very high level. So just giving back, you know, whether it's me or any of our board people, um, you know, just moving it forward, uh, giving everybody else a great opportunity. You also coach at the high school level in, in Burnsville. You know, we hear about numbers dropping in baseball in general and trying to keep kids engaged. What do you see up close? Um, in Burnsville specifically, a, a fairly significant decline uh, at all levels. Uh, from our in-house to our t-ball to our peewees to our traveling to whatever. I uh, can't quite, you know, put my finger on a reason why that is exactly, other than I think we're a mature community and the the ring, you know, the outer ring just continues to move out. So the Farmingtons, the Rosemonts, the Shakopees, the Prior Lakes, the Lakevilles um, continue to ha- they just have, have more more kids. So, uh, and, you know, maybe just a a little better opportunity to get into the sport at a young age. But uh, in our mature community, we really do our best to put together a fun program for the kids. And we've noticed the last couple of years that our numbers are up a little bit more at the Legion level. 
And then, you know, Rosemont fields four Legion teams. Uh, they were right. telling me last night, so they don't cut anybody. So if you want to play, you get to play, and I think that's a great start to it. Yes. Yep, absolutely. They are uh, very strong, and you talked to Brady, uh, who kind of oversees their program, and, and he's doing. they're doing all the right things at Rosemount. And Rosemount was in the state tournament uh, today as well, so, um, and last year. So, so things are going well with them. And then they just really promote it strongly. I know there are certain teams that almost all their kids from high school stick together and play Legion Ball, again, the way it was maybe 10 years ago. So that's, well, that's kind of nice to see as well. Great to see you last night. You guys keep up the good work, and it looks like you're going to have some good weather to work with. So uh, continued success, but uh, to all of you that have worked so hard on it, and I know you've been in the middle of it, great job on a uh, job well done on getting these kids a uh, great opportunity. Thanks, Mike. You were a huge part of the success last night, so we appreciate what you do as well. Keep up the good work. In- anytime. Robert Weber, nice enough to join us. The old lefty from Stuart and Jeffers. Uh, News Talk 830-WCCO. Yeah, a couple of messages came through from John Creasel last night. The uh, uh, the veteran lost both of his legs uh, while being deployed uh, in Iraq. And, and he was, I am seated, but he's a feature speaker. And I'll share a couple of those um, a couple of those takeaways that are so good for all of us. Take a break, come back, sports to the max, and WCCL. So last night we had the state, the state Legion baseball banquet in Burnsville, and I mentioned I, I get there. And, and who do I run into? It's at Brackett's Crossing in, in, in Lakeville. And who do I run into? They're minding his own business, just coming off the 18th. But Dave Lee. Gosh, was that nice to see him, visit with him. And uh, he just played. He, I don't know if that's his home course, but I think he plays a lot of rounds there. And uh, and he came in. And then, of course, a lot of people know him or know of him. And they come over and want to meet him. And And he's a baseball guy. And the guys that are there are baseball guys. And so we end up sitting out there in the lobby talking, what else? Baseball. And, uh, you know, different games, different people, different things. But it was just so fun to reconnect with uh, with the D-man again uh, and visit with him for some time and, and to see all the baseball people that came up to him and wanted to talk to him and wish him well, make sure he was doing well and everything was good. And it is, uh, as to be expected. But he, he's healthy and happy and having fun and uh uh, living the good life, as I tell them, uh, out there in uh, in that area, and, and certainly playing a lot of golf and all those things. But he's having fun doing it, and it was fun to see uh, uh, David Peely last night at the uh, uh, at Lakeville. And John Creasel was the feature speaker. He's a, he's a veteran who was also a politician at one time for a couple of years. But uh, he he lost both of his legs underneath his knee uh, when they uh, when he was on patrol in Iraq and. Uh, uh, his story of the culmination of that night and, and, and how it, it got to there. Um, pretty interesting. You know what they, <laughs> man, you're, you're playing a game with insurgents there that you just, oh my gosh. Yeah, Kreese is so motivating. Yeah. Like, so, yeah and you, you took us through the thing and he went process by process how, why he signed up. And then he talked about going over there and, and, um, you know, you, you're, you're just on guard duty for a while and, and then eventually they let you out and you're teaming with the Marines. And uh, he um, uh, he ends up, uh, you know, they med back him. He lost two friends, and they med back him to different. I don't, I don't want to ruin his speech because it's his speech. Uh, but his point is that he's never been happier in his life now, even though he doesn't have his two legs, because he's learned how to appreciate life. Because he's decided to make the decision in life, and that his brain and his attitude will take him to where he wants to go, 
uh, not his physical stature. So that was uh, really, I think, an important message for the kids that are, you know, the high school kids that are invincible Legion players this time, 16 teams, etc. So good to, good to listen to him and see that. Now, I want to get to one more text here, Tubbsy. Uh, says, my high school girlfriend's dad was a successful businessman who told me I'd never amount to a hill of beans. He eventually sold his business for $5 million. After I complete the sale of my second business for $2 million, in a month I will have sold both my businesses for a total of $8 million. That's putting it on the plate, huh? <laughs> so l- let me get this straight. You've got somebody who sold a business for... What did he sell it for? $5 million? His, his girlfriend's dad okay. sold that, and this is the guy that told him that he'd never amount to anything. And mm-hmm. now he's, what he's, he's saying is, in the end of the day, guess who sold their businesses for $3 million how, more how, than he did? How many times can you look at somebody who has sold a business for $5 million and say, nah, 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 like – how many times can you re up? Can you one up somebody? Yeah, that? that's pretty good up though. I mean, that, that's a. That's I mean, assuming they doesn't have a great deal of debt. Obviously, sometimes you can, uh, you know, you, you can sell it for five million, but you owe four point nine eight. You know. Yeah. Uh, so it depends. Yeah, you know, but assuming that that, that that it was it was a good deal for you, that's a, that's a big number. Yeah, we're we're going to assume there's no debt and and you clear it. Yeah, I mean, it's like having a mortgage and you sell the house. You, you know. Yeah, hey, yeah, you, you made you, money on it, but did you make as much as the the number is that you sold it for? Hey, it doesn't matter. It's still a number. It's a number. It's, <laughs> it's still it's, a it's number, a, man. It's a number you can tell people, Maxie, even if it doesn't mean anything. It's still a number that sounds good in conversation. Yeah, especially in those multi-million dollar areas. Yeah, I'll never know. Yeah, you might. You never know, Tubbsy. That astronaut thing. I ain't am playing Mega yet. Millions tomorrow. Let me tell you, that astronaut thing ain't over yet. I'm just telling you. But Mars is not the kind of place for your family. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerd. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey.